going on, everyone? Alex Miller here. You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. Joining us as always, Abigail Ochoa. Abigail, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. It's sunny. It's beautiful outside. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday. I, I'm covering, covering two games this week. I mean, it's a great, it's a great time. That is true. It's Wednesday, which means we're one day closer to Friday, which in Texas is viewed by a lot of people as the best day of the week. Um, yeah, I missed that, it last week. Yeah, a- Abigail, Abigail missed it last week. We missed her, but she's back on the beat this week. She's doubling up to make up for the game that she didn't cover last week. That's right. So, all right, let's jump right into it. We're going to jump into the team that you're covering on Thursday, actually. Yeah. Uh Consolidated. Uh, let, let's look at last week because they ran past Huntsville. Literally, literally they ran yeah. past Huntsville. Oh yeah. Nope. No Keyshawn Thomas, but no problem for the Tigers because sophomore Trey Taylor, he rushed for 374 yards and four touchdowns on 34 carries in his first start. I mean, what, what a, what a terrific effort up front by the Tigers and, and by Taylor. I mean, in the, in the first half alone, he had like 270 yards and, very impressive given the size and the athleticism that that Huntsville has. It's it's definitely not the same defensive line that Huntsville had last year with the Bobino brothers, and, and we know that. But oh, yeah. still, and, and he could have had 400 yards probably mm-hmm. if if a couple of penalties hadn't been thrown. Uh, just just kind of tacky tacky penalties on the Tigers that you know were were kind of away from the play, uh, which were kind of frustrating for them in the second half, honestly. Um, but nonetheless, Trey Taylor, a really great game, probably one of the top performances in the state last week when you go and look at it. And he was our player of the week, right, right Abigail? He was, he was. And I think if, if you had told us in the beginning of the season that Keyshawn was going to be out at least for a couple of weeks, then um, we would have said there's no way that they can maybe recover from this or it would be very hard for them to. And I think Trey Taylor is a perfect example of their backups really being ready to play. And Fedora said that all season, they have to be ready at any time. And Trey was ready. <laughs> he sure was. Well, and on defense, Consol really brought the energy. Uh, junior safety, Mo Fochetti, who doubles as the kicker and the punter for Consol, he was incredible. He had two interceptions and forced a fumble and then recovered it all inside Tiger territory. Um, those were probably Huntsville's three best drives of the game. And he single-handedly stopped every single one. Huntsville just never really found a rhythm on offense. You know, A.J. Wilson didn't have a particularly good game at quarterback. Um, you know, the receivers were dropping passes. Uh, they they weren't getting the run game established well. But, but give credit to Consol's defense. You know, they, they came out with that energy and that buzz it was a very much so bend don't break mentality because Huntsville had opportunities that that was for sure. But in the first half, uh, you know, Consol they forced punts, I think, on Huntsville's first eight drives of the game, which was really impressive. Um, in the second half, though, Consol's offense kind of sputtered a little uh, turnovers and penalties kind of took over for them. And uh, that, that's definitely something that seem to frustrate coach Fedora after the game and something that they're going to want to clean up before their, their road game this week at Lake Creek, which speaking of which is kind of an odd stretch into the odd stretch for the Tigers playing Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Abigail, 
you went out and talked with coach Fedora earlier this week. You know, what do you, what, what's kind of the feel for this game as, as they get ready for a Thursday game? Well, I, I didn't actually talk to Fedora this week. I, I did a feature on Tindall back. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I did a feature on Tindall back tomorrow. I'll give it a, give him a shout out there, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I talked to him about it when they played Lamar Consolidated after that game. I said, you know, I was coach, this is a weird stretch. Obviously, you start on a Saturday, have to, the kids had to watch film the next day on that Sunday by themselves, which is unusual. Um, coaches never want that, I would think. And then you get, you play Friday against Huntsville, and then you get less than a week again to, to play Lake Creek. So um, he, he he's definitely said, you know, I'm sure when the schedule comes, came out, he knew this was going to be a tough time for them, but I think they've really risen to the challenge and they've obviously won two out of the three. So they're on a good roll right now. I think beating Huntsville, especially, you know, being able to limit AJ Wilson from doing almost anything on Friday night, I think is such a big accomplishment for their defense. I know we've talked about them a lot this season of just how good they are. And I think they really proved that if not weeks before, then definitely last week against Huntsville. Um, because I think that's going to be the only time Huntsville doesn't score again during the district time. I mean, they're such a tough team, even with these first two losses. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a weird stretch, I think, but they're really, I think once you have two games behind you, I think you're, you feel pretty confident that whatever you're doing in this, in this weird time is working. Um, so they just need to keep doing that. But I, I think, like you mentioned, obviously the turnovers and penalties, uh, were a big deal on Friday. At Lake Creek was able to force Rudder to, to turn over the ball sometimes. And so I think that's definitely going to be on Consal's mind as far as this week goes. And I'm sure Fedora has talked to his team about really limiting those this week because although I think they're going to beat Lake Creek and I think it's probably going to be, they're probably going to have the game by the at least the third quarter. Lake Creek, you can't really you can't really say that they're an easy team to beat either, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, Rudder was able to get away from them uh, because of their defense as well. So um, I, I think it's just going to be a really good matchup this week. And I think seeing Gonzalez's defense and Rudder's defense this season, I, I mean, that game at the end of the season, is going to be just an amazing matchup between the two of them. Um, so I'm really excited to see um, that happen as well. Well, the team that Lake Creek faced last week was the Rudder Rangers and Rudder with that 27, 13, win, they're inching closer to that elusive playoff bid, uh, it, it certainly wasn't the prettiest, but yeah. Hey, uh, at the end of the day, a win is a win. And now Rudder is two and own district play. And that probably puts the Rangers probably one game away from clinching a playoff berth. Um, when you, when you look at how this district will, shake out um defense was strong you know forcing three turnovers they had a pick six lake creek only had 33 yards rushing but on the flip side you know this game probably could have been a, a little little distant more distant than it than it was considering ej ezar threw three interceptions still trey mcclinton nice game on the ground 145 yards rushing um now comes the big test though against montgomery who has kind of quietly been, you know, doing their thing, a, a team that, you know, we know is good, but we haven't, I guess, really talked about, especially, you know, Huntsville was the team to beat in this district coming into the year. Now they're on two. 
So, I mean, you got to think that the Hornets are almost out of the title contention in this district. Um, you know, you, you, you consider the fact that Rudder rallied to beat Huntsville, uh, but, but it seems like this Bears team is a little better. You know, they certainly got some weapons. Jalen Washington, Brock Bolfing at quarterback. Uh, he's a coach's son, just like the Ezars. You know, it, it was kind of funny talking to Coach Ezar this week. He goes, yeah. yeah, you know, when 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 we were in Willis before they came to Rudder, uh, EJ and Brock played each other dating back to middle school, and so uh, the Ezars and the Bullfings they they've known each other for a long time. They've been playing against each other for a long time. A lot of respect between uh, the two families, it seems, and just just limiting the mistakes and continuing to play sound defense seems like it's going to be the key for this Rangers team. Well, Abigail, what was one area game that caught your eye last week from the road, of course, while you were yes. you were partying it up uh, with the family? <laughs> yes, I was at a family wedding in case I was not at an actual party, just, you know, skipping Friday night lights. But um, <laughs> um, but yes, from the reception, I, I but um, yeah, Cameron B. Rockdale, uh, 60 to 23. I think this is exactly the win that the Yeoman needed to really solidify themselves, you know, as a contender in 11-3 AD1. I think, um, not that they weren't before, because I definitely think that they were. They obviously came into, I, I forgot what they project, were projected to finish, but definitely in the top four of that district. But I think after that, that really tough non-district slate, I think it was, you know, people had questions coming in. Are they going to pick it up in, in district play or are they going to, you know, continue to, to falter there? And I think they've really proven that, you know, beating Caldwell last week, 70 to zero, wasn't just like a one-time thing. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't, it was really because they do have the talent and they, and they are going to compete in this district. So, and, and Rockdale wasn't a big, you know, wasn't a small feat either. You know, they, they have a really solid squad this year. Um, they'll most likely be in the playoffs alongside Cameron, hopefully. Uh, you know, their quarterback, Blaine um, Barkak, threw for more than 200 yards, and they, and they still lost. So I think um, we're seeing a lot of good things from Rockdale, but Cameron was really able to pull this one out and win comfortably. I mean, 60 to 23, that's a pretty nice score, um, especially against a team like the Tigers. Um, you know, I think Lorena and Little River Academy are coming up for Cameron. And I think those are going to be the toughest tests that they have, um, at least left in the schedule. Um, but I think this one against Rockdale really sets them up pretty nice as they continue the rest of the district play because they're only two weeks in now at this point. So um, I think that really sets them up pretty nicely. Um, I did enjoy that, that St. Joe's Calvert score. I mean, that was, um, that was pretty cool. I, I, you know, they obviously not covered out of the weekly pool. Um, I, I think the Eagles are just rolling this year and it, it was, um, I guess validated in that win against Calvert because Calvert's not an easy team to beat. I mean, they don't have a lot of players. I know we've talked about that, but they year in and year out, they have really good, a really good team. Obviously they were ranked fourth for three weeks and didn't even play. Um, so but yeah, it was really good to see that Eagles team, I guess, get that win. And um, it seems like they're doing great things over there. So, 
For sure. One game that caught my eye, Centerville beating Leon 54 to eight. Um, you know, that was just a very dominating win for the Tigers. You know, they, it seems like they've really established themselves as maybe the team beat in that district and just going and looking at the box score. I mean, it, it was a typical Centerville win. You know, they rushed for 397 yards on 43 carries and only attempted five passes. So that's the way they want to do it. And that's, that's the way they win games. And they're really good at doing that. So um, big win for the Tigers. Um, tough loss for the Leon Cougars, though. Uh, starting district play over there. Talked with Tommy last week. So coming up next, we've got Tom Turberville. Uh, he's a play-by-play voice of the Navasota Rattlers football team, previewing Navasota's District 13 4A Division II. We'll be back here in a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Now joining us on the Brazos Sports Preps cast is Tom Turberville. He is the play-by-play announcer of the Navasota Rattlers football team on Willie 98.7. Tom, calling you today. Just check in on how the Rattlers are doing as they start district play this week. How's it going? Well, good. Hi, Alex. Hi, Abigail. Um hey. Yeah, the, how are how's Navasota doing? Well, they're two and three in non-district. That's how they finished up non-district play. Uh, disappointing. Uh, I think they were hoping to uh, to be at the at the very worst. I think they were hoping to be four and one. Um, but uh, they have uh, faced a, a lot of good opponents. Coach Dacus did that on purpose. Uh, he set up a, a pretty strong non-district schedule which included uh, Seeley, which included Yoakum, which included uh, Huffman, Hargrave. And then uh, there was Wharton and Mejia in there also. And they finished up two and three. The, uh, the issues for Navasota right now are offense, uh, not defense. They're offensively, they're making a lot of mistakes that they just should not be making going into district play, into the sixth game of the season. Uh, a lot of mental errors, a lot of uh, penalties in the red zone. You know, those five-yard penalties, they might mean not mean a lot at midfield, but uh, when you're in the red zone, they can kill you. As a matter of fact, for the last two games in a row, Navasota has had the ball on their opponent's one-yard line first and goal and came up empty both times. And that has just got to, you know, keep Coach Dacus up at night and his offensive coordinators. And it's been because a penalty has knocked them back five and then they got sacked and then they missed a field goal. Or, or I think then one time there was a turnover uh, in that situation. So uh, it's just little mistakes, uh, getting too many penalties this late in the season. And like I say, going against some pretty good teams. Um, I'll I'll finish this long answer to your short question by saying that uh, they have faced uh, two of the best quarterbacks that I've seen in a long time. Uh, Heimileski at uh, Sealy and Luke Thomas at Hargrave. And they are two excellent quarterbacks that I believe that we'll see playing somewhere on Saturdays. Maybe not D1, maybe D1, but somewhere on Saturday. So they faced a lot of good teams, a lot of good athletes, but uh, 
this this Friday is when it starts counting. Yeah, you know, Tom, you mentioned, uh, obviously the Rattlers have, have had at least a share of the district title the last four seasons. You said this is obviously not a, two and three is not a place they want to be going into district play, but um, looking at this year's um, district schedule, what are some of the contenders you think are in this district and where do you think Navasota fits into that equation? Well, I, uh, Abigail, I still think that Navasota has a, a good chance of either winning this district or tying for this district uh, because I think they're going to get their offensive problems uh, figured out. One of the offensive problems that I didn't mention is uh, Jamar Jesse, uh, who was uh, last year's offensive player of the year in district. Um, he, he's not, he's out of sync uh, with his throwing arm. Uh, he, he hasn't been passing the ball well, and he'd be the first person to say that. He's been overthrowing. He's been underthrowing. Now, a lot of that has to do with uh, some protection that he's not getting in the offensive line. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with when he is getting protection, he's just uh, he's overthrowing some or just missing or throwing behind his receivers. And that's not like him. Now, on the other side of the coin, with his feet, he is outstanding. He is uh, he's having. Uh, one of the best years I've seen in a long time for a quarterback running the football. So what he's not doing passing, he's, he's doing it with his feet. Now, back to your question and about the district. There's a couple of four and, there's a couple of four and one teams uh, in this district. Both Aquero and Smithville are, uh, are both four and one. I was looking here because I, I've been on the road and I haven't been doing my homework. They're both going to be strong uh, contenders. Giddings, the last game of the season, is always good. Now, Giddings is having a little bit of rough time. They're one and four now, so I don't really know what's going on there. They're essentially a running team, and I don't know if they're having the same problems that uh, Navasota is. And then uh, Gonzalez, which will be a, a home game, they're two and three. So right now, and then I, I didn't mention LaGrange, uh, LaGrange is another strong running team, and uh, LaGrange comes in at, at uh, three and two. So um, you got a couple of four and one teams coming up, a three and two team, a two and three, and a one and four. Uh, I think that Giddings is going to get a whole lot better before the end of the season, and that's when Navasota faces them. Uh, Navasota has had the opportunity to face some strong running teams in the last two weeks, and uh, Three of these uh, last five opponents are going to be running teams. So defensively, it's not a problem. They just Navasota just has to get their their offense uh, going in the right direction. Well, Tom, uh, Navasota starting this starting this district slate uh, Friday against Smithville, one of those four and one teams. You know, what are you kind of looking for from the Rattlers on Friday, and kind of how they match up with Smithville? Well. If we were having this conversation tomorrow at this time, I know a lot more because that's when I talked to Coach Dacus. And uh, Smithville is a wrong heavy team. I've seen some video on them. They're a big play team. I uh, have not seen a whole lot of sustained drives from them. They've got some athletes. Uh, they've got a, a nice quarterback who throws a good ball, uh, short routes mainly, but mainly they keep it on the ground. Uh, but uh, – what I look for from uh, from Navasota is 
that they have used these two weeks off, uh, these two weeks of preparation to sort of go back to basics, get their fundamentals down. Uh, you know, turnovers have not been a problem so much as the penalties have been a problem. And penalties are really, really bad times. So I think that Coach Dacus is going to sort of have their heads on straight. Um, offensively, besides Jamar Jesse, really haven't mentioned any other names. They've got a kid named Caden Hubbard who is big. I can't wait to see this guy play basketball. This guy is big. He's, 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 uh, he's massive. He's uh, just in great condition. He's six foot four, six foot five, weighs about uh, 240, and he is fast. And, and he's a great target for Jesse. Also, you've got Xavier Steptoe, a great receiver, can also run the ball. And, of course, their main runner is uh, Jamarian Freer, who uh, has not been getting as many carries as normal, but he is uh, still a very strong runner, a very uh, shifty runner, hard to bring down. So offensively, they've got the talent. They just just need to work on things above the shoulders, you know, just the, the mental aspect and not making the mistakes that are really shooting themselves in the foot. Well, Tom, before we let you go, how can folks tune into the radio broadcast on Friday? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, the, uh, the call letters, it's 98.7, Willie 98.7 in uh, Navasota. You can also pick up the Willie station in Bryan College Station if you're just going to go regular old terrestrial radio. But uh, the best way is to... Uh, Go to uh, navasotanews.com, and you can listen to uh, to it online. Myself and my, my new uh, color analyst this year is Chad McMillan, who is an associate uh, pastor at First Baptist Church in Navasota, and he's also a former Texas Longhorn uh, offensive lineman. He had a cup of coffee with the Philadelphia Eagles after he got through at uh, UT. And he is really something. He really adds a lot to the broadcast. So I urge people to tune in. Uh, you can also go to brazosfootball.com, if I could put in the plug. Brazosfootball.com, that's the best place to go. And you, there are links there to every game that Brian Broadcasting broadcasts on Friday nights. So you can do that, too. So there's all kinds of ways you can listen. All right. Well, Tom, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your day and uh, safe travels back to town uh, coming back from the coast. I want to thank the people here at the big yellow arches in Refurio, Refurio, Texas, for letting me steal their Wi-Fi. McDonald's (laughs) Wi-Fi, reporter's best friend. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, coming up next on the Brad Sports Prepscast, we got more uh, games to break down this week's action. Well, Abigail, a team that we haven't seen in the last week because they didn't play last week. The College hey. Station Cougars, number two in 5A Division One, They've got a big game this week at Lufkin uh, getting back into action. Um, you know, normally this would be a really, really good game, but Lufkin coming in at two and four overall, yeah. one and three in the district standings. I mean, a loss this week, uh, that really hurts their playoff chances. Um, you know, they've been competitive in games. It looks like just going down the scores, you know, 
but just just hasn't haven't been able to to come away with the the big wins. It's it's kind of weird to see a Lufkin team struggle this much. Yeah, for sure. You know, College Station was obviously off last week. I was off last week. We're both off last week, but um, I think it's a really, <laughs> I think for Lufkin specifically right now where they are in the season, this is a really tough test for them. I mean, you get College Station off of a bye, which we know Huff is was going to, you know, really condition them this week and, and really get them ready for this, like, second half, I guess you could say, of district play. Um, so really tough spot for Lufkin to be in, especially with the struggles that they've been going through. Um, you mentioned, obviously, they've stayed pretty close um, as far. So I think their defense, they have five returning starters. I think their defense has really been leading the way this year for them. I, I know they have a young offense, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do against College Station's defense, which we know um, has a lot of veteran guys and a lot of guys who make plays. Um, and, you know, Lufkin only – the only skill position person that they brought back was the wide receiver, Cameron Jackson. They lost their quarterback, Jordan Moore. So, um, who had a killer arm last year, even though they lost uh, to College Station at home. So, um, I think if College Station's defense last year was able to beat, you know, really slow down their pass attack and really slow down more, I think the College Station defense that we have this year um, is just going to be amplified in that. And I think especially with Lufkin's be, being so young there, um, it's really going to give them a hard time. And I think College Station's going to run away with this pretty quickly. I know last season, I believe they scored three or four touchdowns in the first half. I mean, once College Station got going, it was like you couldn't really stop them. They won 45 to 21 at home. Um, but yeah, you know, again, we said earlier, uh, last week, I think Magnolia West and Lufkin were going to be the teams that gave College Station the biggest test, especially in the last half here. Um, and I think Lufkin's defense, it'll, I'm interested to see what they're able to do um, because they were able to stay close with Magnolia and Mag West. They, beat, they lost to Magnolia 27-21, um, and they lost to Mag West 28-14. Magwest has been doing really well this year. They're the only other undefeated team. Um, they're 6-0 right now, I believe. Uh, in the end, Lufkin was 11 points away from New Caney, which we know also gave College Station a hard time, especially in that first half. So um, I think their defense is better than what their record shows. And um, I'm really curious to see how they pressure College Station and how College Station reacts to that kind of pressure, especially in the first half. Um, when we've seen them falter just a little bit. And I don't want to say like college station defense is like, you know, terrible or anything because they're not, they're far from it. Um, but I think we've definitely seen them be pushed at least in the first half of the past few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how well this, this um, bye week has worked for the Cougars and, and um, what Lufkin is able to do at home um, this week. Yeah, you know, I got a chance to go talk with Coach Huff this morning, and uh, he said he really liked the bye week being in that middle of the season, uh, using it, like you said, to condition a little harder. And he said that's so important for them when when they run the, the up-tempo offense that they have. They have a lot of movement on defense. And then on special teams, I mean, they put a big emphasis on special teams, and they play a lot of starters on their special teams. Um, you know, he said he liked the way that, 
the team was able to clean up some of their mistakes this after those first three weeks. Um, and you know, the, the, the first three wins over Magnolia and then the new Caney schools, he said, those are quality wins. Uh, yeah. and now looking at this week, he said that they're, they're kind of considering it as a road playoff game. And he said, Hey, Lufkin might have not their best record, but they're still Lufkin. Uh, they've got speed. They've got a dangerous running back. They're going to play tight man defense. And he said the Cougars are going to have to execute well. Um, so, you know, this, this Cougars team, we've seen really strong senior leadership from them uh, going all the way down. And, uh, you know, he said, we're one week focused and, um, you know, they're going to have to be this week uh, facing, facing a pretty good, pretty good uh, pedigree, talent rich t- program. Sure. Uh, you know, they're, they're not scared to go against a number two team in the state where, where a lot of two and four teams would be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Cougars are able to do on Friday with Lufkin kind of fighting for their life right now. Moving along to Brian. Um, man, another tough week for the Vikings. Took Belton to overtime. So close to getting that first win of the season. Uh, but the Vikings, they, they fumbled on their overtime possession. The six turnovers, just really costly for, for Brian looking at it. Uh, but, you know, on the bright side, Abigail, it, it seemed like sophomore Tate Allen, you know, kind of emerged as maybe a potential strong option under center. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they really – I was really excited to see him start last week, and I really think that he's going to be good for them going forward. Obviously, he's a sophomore, so they get him for two more years, which is exciting um, for him to get some varsity experience right now, especially a quarterback. Um, yeah, he really gives them an option to run on the offense. Uh, they've had problems getting their run game going a little bit. And, and uh, you know, when Malcolm Gooden went down, they lost that dynamic, you know, player at, at uh, under center. So I think really having Tate Allen being able to do that, he rushed for um, 114 yards last week, I think. Uh, I, he threw, um, actually, I won't throw out a number because I don't remember, but um, I believe it was around 70 um, yards. So I think it's just really good to see some progression in that area. And I think for the season going forward, I think he's really going to be a big person for them. And I think we're going to hear his name a lot. Um, obviously, hopefully good in back next year. But um, I think tape is really showing that um, he can pick up the pieces, at least for this year. Um, so that's really exciting. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's frustrating. I'm sure the Vikings are frustrated right now. This is obviously not how any of us thought the season was going to go. And um, I think injuries have been a big part of it. But, you know, they they started with the 40-person spot. I think that was also a big deal before the season started. And I think it's continued to be, you continue to see the cracks that that's built throughout this season. So um, definitely frustrating, but good to see Alan in some action here the vikings they returned home this friday hosting colleen shoemaker who has jumped out to a 2-0 start in district play so this will definitely be another tough test for the vikings all right abigail let's wrap it up what's one area game you've got your eye on this week yeah so cinderville's um playing alto um two obviously playoff contenders fighting for those those top four spots and i think that these two teams are going to be the ones to get them um, but this is a great test for the Tigers after, you know, having big wins over uh, Bremond and Leon. 
um, like you mentioned, the past two weeks. Um, also, there, I, I think Cinderella's projected to be also by four. I think it will be that tight of a game. Um, and I think we'll really see um, the grit that, that we want to see at this point from Centerville because you need that, obviously, to, to go far in the playoffs. So um, from what I've seen, looking at Alto's schedule and looking at those games, it looks like they are relying mostly on their run game to win so far. Um, behind sophomore Von Murphy, um, defense is allowing 22 points per game. I think they're, they're a really strong team, and I think – but I think Centerville has had success. Obviously, we've seen this this season, especially last week against Leon. They were able to really shut down that <laughs> Leon's run game, and Leon was doing pretty well um, behind Lewis uh, Guillen. So, I think it was a critical win last week for them, and I think that's going to really carry them, give them some confidence that they they know what their defense can do against the run against Alto, and I think it's going to be really important for them to stop that this week. But it'll be a battle Friday night, um, but I think the Tigers will walk away with that win, which is a great win to have, especially this early. One game I've got my eye on, uh, Norman G traveling to Leon. We'll, we'll stick in Leon County in that same district. Um, yeah. You know, Norman G last week, pretty pretty solid win over Groveton, you know, uh, Groveton, not a great team. You you expected Norman G uh, to, to win that game. But, uh, yeah, you know, considering when you go back and look, they had only scored 12 points in the last three games. To go and put up 42 was, was probably uh, very good for the morale of the Panther offense. So definitely a step up in competition this week. It's a, it's a rivalry game between Norman G and Leon. So, you know, how, how does Leon respond after really getting punched in the mouth last week against Centerville? So that's definitely a game I've got my eye on. All right. I think that's going to do it. So thanks to Tom, Abigail, thanks to you. And, uh, we'll, we'll be getting our, we'll be getting our mileage in this week, uh, going to Montgomery a couple of times and all, all the way out to Lufkin. Hey. <laughs> so, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. Well, be sure to check the eagle.com, follow us on Twitter, send us your scores, like and subscribe our podcast on Apple uh, and Spotify. However, you do it, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on the Eagle website. There you go. Hey, do them all. Do them all. Do them all. Do them all. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week.